0: Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called
1: Marriage. I'm Greg. And I'm Erin. We've been married for almost 31 years. Um, we're both marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Today, we're talking about what sacrificial love really looks like in a marriage. And it can show up in so many different ways.
0: Yeah, I know for us, it, it takes me back to that moment in our, in our bedroom where I walk in and find you hopping around the bed. Because remember, you had had surgery on your foot. You were in those boots. I was in a
1: cast. (laughs) And I was attempting to make the bed. Because making the bed is important to me. And I felt so helpless anyway, being in this stupid cast. And so I was figuring out a way to hop around on one foot and throw myself over the bed to pull up the other side of the comforter and you walked in on it.
0: Well, and I'm staring at you thinking this is the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. Like, why? Just let it go. It's okay. The bed's not made. It's going to be all right. But just watching you work so hard... To get this bed made, it, I think for me, it was finally kind of the light bulb went off, and I thought, hmm, maybe this is actually super important. Well,
1: Aaron. I remember you asked me, is it really that important? And I looked at you and I was like, yes. This actually helps me to really feel like I'm ready for the day when the bed is made. I don't know why. It may be an illness, but for me, (laughs) it really helps me to just set the right foot moving forward for the day.
0: Yeah, that foot was in a cast this particular day, because for me, and this is how we're different, I mean, I I think making the bed, I, I won't say it's stupid, but it's not my thing. I I remember hearing a comedian once say that that, you know, making a bed is like taking off your shoes and then tying them. Which to me is, you know, making the bed, I want to get back into our bed at night the same way that I got out of Ugh. bed, still Ugh. unmade. I and can just go right in. the last
1: thing I want to do is get into an unmade bed. I want it to be clean and crisp and like I can crawl back in and it's, there's no previous evidence of someone having been there.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's how we're different. I'm sure you and your spouse have those issues that you see things very differently. And so in that moment... For me, I got how important this, Aaron, was for you. And so I, I think I even said, okay, listen, if this is such a big deal that, that I, I can sacrifice some time in the morning and really give that to you. And so I told you, okay, from this day forward, I'm going to make the bed in in." What, wouldn't you say about 95 percent oh, 90, of the time from
1: that day forward i've made the bed just a handful of times yeah. that you've owned that and taken it on after the pathetic Aaron hopping around on one foot incident. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I will never forget that moment. And we've got some great segments coming up. You know, later on, we're going to hear a devotion from our friend Bill Arbuckle about what real love looks like. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can she show up as the wife God intended her to be when her husband is searching to find his identity in Christ?
1: But first, we had a great conversation with Bob Lapine about what sacrificial love should look like in a marriage. He's an author and a pastor with some great thoughts to share. Let's listen to what he had to say.
0: You talk about this idea of dying to self, you know, in marriage, um, you know, why do we need to do that in order to have a marriage you know really filled with with what
2: you would call true love greater love has no one than this Jesus said that <laughs> he's, he's such let. a name dropper <laughs> <laughs> he is he, the answer so it's hard to argue with you if you're <laughs> quoting Jesus so he lays down his yeah. life for his friends yeah mm. so when we say my life is about your thriving more than it is about my priorities
1: mm.
2: when we get to a point where we say i'm i'm more committed to you thriving than i am i i'm ready to sacrifice for you to thrive mm. what a posture that is and that's a dying to self that says i'm going to put my agenda my preferences my uh what, what's driving me. i'm gonna put that on the back burner and say, I'm more committed to wanting to see you flourish and see you thrive in life. Again, think about the incarnation. Think about Jesus mm-hmm. who gives up
0: yeah.
2: um, for a season all of the prerogatives of Being deity. God, yeah, yes. yeah. He 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 didn't divest himself of it, he was full of it still, but he set it aside Philippians 2 says he emptied himself of these things and lived as a human being um, for for what purpose? So that he could accomplish what we needed most, yeah. our liberation from our own sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he did that at great personal cost. There There was no time in the ministry of Jesus where he said, you know, I need some me time now, mm-hmm. all right now he he got away to pray, mm-hmm. he took care of his own soul, yeah. but it was purposeful for the mission he was on, and his mission was he came to seek and save lost people, yeah. and so when we say, my mission is for the people around me to be thriving. In everything that they're doing, th- that their soul is thriving, that they're flourishing, and and I will sacrifice to help make that happen. That's a higher agenda than whatever I have on my to-do list today that's for me, all right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, well, because you, in the beginning, talked about, you know, imagine if I, if I asked a group, you know, fill-in-the-blank, love is yes. blank, you know, for me, that's that would be my answer. Love is sacrifice. Dying to self, yes, right. Yeah, because you know, it, I, I love First John three sixteen that says. I mean, it literally says, "This is how we know what love is." Jesus gave His life for us, so we ought to do the same for others and and i know that that as as christians w- within our marriage especially that that we're really trying to live that out and sacrifice mm-hmm. for yeah. one another what what i've noticed happens is that people though try to sacrifice which means that that you're taking something that you possess your time your money your you know whatever something that you possess and you're giving that to to your spouse who you value, but what what I've noticed though is that a lot of people try to sacrifice from a place of being empty, mm. and worn out, and exhausted.
1: Well, and kind of the attitude that I don't, you know, it's all about them. I don't matter. And I see this specifically with moms who've you know raised many kids and they've sacrificed a whole lot, and then all of a sudden they realize like. I am empty and I'm worn out and I'm exhausted and it kind of take that to the extreme of I don't matter. And so seeing, you know, a burned out individual trying to pour out something they don't have is where I see it becoming a problem.
2: And and I've seen this as well. And I would say to folks, if you think I just don't have any love left to give, mm. there is an endless supply mm. available right. to you. You just need to access that. God has promised to pour into you more love than you need yeah, abundance so yeah. so you mentioned first john before you get to first john 316 john says behold look very carefully look closely at what manner of love this unique kind of love the father has lavished yeah. on us yeah. when when we so so the fullness that we need and this is where i think some people will say well i just um, I, I don't have anything left to give, so I need a spa day. And I right. go, you need a Jesus day, <laughs>
1: mm.
2: okay? Yeah, uh, you may Your body may need to be refreshed and you may need a massage. I'm not against those things, right? Yeah. They're good. But, but, what, yeah. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is ultimately what your soul needs is you need to be filled up with the knowledge of God's love for you, the experience of his grace in your life, and then it overflows Mm. into the lives of others. And yes, if, if you're drained of that, if you're empty for that, if you're in a spiritually dry place, you can't give to others they turn on the faucet yeah. from you and there's nothing yeah. in there you can't give what you
0: don't yeah, have because well yeah. then
1: what ends up happening somebody has a need one of the kids or greg comes home from work and you know wants to sit and chat that would be a miracle if he wanted to sit and chat <laughs> like, and that who, would be more me coming greg home from work wanting us? to sit and chat but you know then there's the resentment comes and the bitterness comes because you're like it may be not even at conscious level that i don't have anything to give why are you asking me for yet another thing but i love what you're saying is go back to the well yes. go back to the source let him fill you and i always love things like this because i go i don't know how god does it but he does the holy spirit does it so do that
2: and that's keep on being filled with the spirit right. keep on letting the knowledge of god's love flood your heart and when you're filled up with that mm. you you can pour that out easily to keep others.
0: giving and, and giving and, and that's what i love about that concept but we yeah i've just noticed people will get to a place of being so filled with resentment going one more person that I've got to, that I've got to give and I've got to sacrifice. And what about me versus really, Bob, what you're saying is, yeah, spend that time with the Lord and in his love will abundantly fill your heart so we can keep giving and giving and giving. Well, that was a great conversation with Bob, and it really reminds me of 1 Peter 4.10. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so this really is about how am I sacrificing, how am I serving Aaron, you within our relationship. And so I think it's summarizing again what we talked about with Bob, that if we're mm-hmm. going to sacrifice what that really looks like is first and foremost, it starts because I value the asset, which is me. Yes. You know, that God placed this incredible worth and, and value in me. He wants me to steward that really well. So the first thing that I've got to make sure that I'm doing is is taking good care of me. I've got to have something to give, as yes, we were talking about. Yes, and that's with Bob. what we
1: we talked about. How do we refill? How do re? How do we recharge the asset ourselves? And so, how do we take care of us? So. We have something to give when someone has a need or a desire or a request, and therefore we're not resentful when our spouse asks us to make the bed or to stop at the grocery store. These simple things that can really set us off when we are empty.
0: Yeah, and that's why I love this idea of good stewardship of us. So in this case, we're an asset, so we value the asset. We have to make sure that we're recharging the asset so that I have something to give. And then, you know, we really look to see how can we then wisely invest the asset ourselves. And I love Hebrews thirteen sixteen that says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. So again, at the end of the day, this is not about selfishness. This is about recognizing, you know, God has placed value within me and I want to make sure that I'm stewarding that well. So let me make sure that I'm staying recharged so that I have something to give and then let me find ways. Within my marriage, within my relationships, to to make that investment. And that's why you know we told the story in the beginning about you know making the bet. Mm-hmm. and so that that was a, a place that I recognized that 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 I could take what God has given me and invest that in you and and really sacrifice around that. And, you, and obviously, yeah. you do that a ton for yeah, me well, in our relationship,
1: and we sacrifice um, back and forth on our on our team because we are um serving each other sacrificing but it can't come from a place of emptiness
0: well here's the dare so at some point today ask your spouse this question what is the one thing that you hate most that you have to do around the house so some sort of chore some sort of you know household responsibility mm-hmm. and and as you hear that maybe that could be a place Did you say, "Hey, I'm going to own that"? Mm -hmm. You know, because I remember one time asking you that, and you said, "I hate the dishes." And so, again, that was a place that I thought, "Man, I I can do that. So let me let me own that. I'm going to try to do that." You know, as a way to sacrifice. But it could look like anything. Like if you, Aaron, asked me that, I would tell you the bills. Yeah, I hate doing the bills. So So I'm looking forward (laughs) for you you do the dishes, and I won't do the bills (laughs) in that way. Yeah,
1: but I would if you if you genuinely came to me and said, "I can't." can't do this. I'm anymore. genuinely
0: coming to you right this moment. <laughs> uh, Everybody hears no, that they're going to hold no. you accountable. But what no, I will say, I'm not there's, doing
1: that. there's no better sound in the morning than when I wake up to the clanking of dishes and it's Greg <laughs> emptying the dishwasher. And I'm like, dang it. Why is he waking me up with the dishes? But in the same breath, I'm like, I'll be woken up to the dishes being emptied out of that dishwasher any morning because it's not me. It's my, my husband, my teammate is, is doing that as a sacrifice.
0: I just have that noise now on my phone. I just play that as a recording. I'm really not doing anything. <laughs> so you, so I, I make wake Annie up thinking, do it, our youngest daughter. Thinking
1: you're doing that.
0: <laughs> well, if you'd like a copy of Bob's book, Love Like You Mean It, then we'd like to send you a copy for a gift of any amount.
1: Yes. Check the link in the show notes for all the details.
3: Hey, it's Bill with a word picture about sacrifice. It was July, 1941. Ten prisoners at the infamous Auschwitz prison camp had been sentenced to starve to death. One prisoner had escaped, and the rule was that if one escaped, 10 died. As the prisoners heard their sentence, one man cried out, but I have a wife and kids. The Nazi guards didn't care. But someone in the crowd heard the man's plea and called out to the prison guards, I want to die for that man. Father Maximilian Kolbe stepped forward and took the condemned man's place. Maximilian Kolbe was a Polish priest and a political prisoner at Auschwitz. He was also one of the guards' favorites to torture. He was given extra work, hard punishments, and at one point was beaten and left for dead. Now he was volunteering to take another suffering, torture, and death. What makes a person do something like that? Well, Father Colbe had long believed God would ask him to lay down his life. So he spent each day preparing for that moment. That's a heavy story for a marriage podcast. So why are we talking about it? Well, today's topic is about sacrifice. But obviously we're not asking you to starve to death for your spouse. So, what we are saying, though, is that marriage involves sacrifice, and there's a right way and a right reason to do it. 1 John 3.16 explains it this way. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Sacrifice begins with a heart full of love, and the state of your heart affects how you'll serve your spouse. So is your heart empty? Well, then you'll give grudgingly. You'll resent it and your spouse. A full heart, however, gives willingly and graciously. That doesn't mean the sacrifice is easier, but your motivation and your reason for serving your spouse helps you stick with it when things get tough. So how's your heart? Is it full? Or do you need to take some time to fill up so that you can give from a heart full of love? And that's the secret to sacrifice, whether it's Father Colby's bold statement, I want to die for that man, or your bold proclamation, I want to serve my spouse from a heart filled with love.
0: Bill is right on and it's so important if we're going to serve well like he described that our hearts really do need to be full so the time that we take to invest in ourselves never selfish as long as those around us are benefiting from me taking time out to make sure that I'm well cared for that I my heart is Bill described as full of God's love mm-hmm. I mean that that's the formula that I've I've got to do the work to get full, so I can turn right around and then surf.
1: Uh huh. And it only comes from the place of an open heart. And the good news is we control the state of our heart, whether it's opened or closed. And our heart opens and closes, you know, a hundred times a day. And are we even aware of it? So really the question is, you know, how do I know when my heart is open or how do I show up when my heart's closed? And just being aware of an open heart allows God's love to flow right out of us to others. Um, to love them from abundance.
0: Yeah, and that abundance is the key to truly sacrificing. Well, now we're going to move to our weekly Q&A, and this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage.
1: Please send us your questions. This is how we can best connect with you. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. And if it gets answered on the show... We will send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance, for free, as our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out to us.
0: Yeah, today's question comes from Jamie. Let's listen to the voicemail that she sent in.
1: Hi, my name is Jamie. I am from Alberta, Canada. When your marriage is in crisis and your husband is searching to find his identity in Christ, his purpose, and how to live for the kingdom— How do I show up as the wife God intended me to be, show empathy and patience and love to Him in this time? It has been ongoing for a long time, and it is detrimental to our marriage, and we are not doing well. And so I feel like it's my responsibility to find ways to care for Him in this part of His spiritual journey, and I just wondered if you could lend any light to that. Yeah, that's hard for any wife. Your marriage isn't going well, Jamie, and you're wondering, like, how do I show up during this time when my husband is seeking God and he's really trying to figure himself out? What I would encourage you to do is to really focus in on you because that's what you have control of. And as you focus in on you, really, I think the question you're asking is, how do I wait well? to see what happens in this marriage that isn't doing well right now. How do I wait well to see what God is going to do?
0: Yeah, and I like, Jamie, your words. You talked about empathy, patience, and really those behaviors come from an open heart. One of the best things that you can do is to make sure that you're well cared for as an individual heart, soul, mind and body, because being well cared for, Jamie, that's going to give you the strength and the energy for the empathy, for the patience, mm-hmm. as well as things like grace and forgiveness. So all those things that you're asking about, that really flows out of an open heart that's well cared
1: for. Mm-hmm. But it's super important during this time and any time to set boundaries um, as needed, because really we set boundaries to keep our heart open so we can stay in the relationship, in the game, because those boundaries protect our heart and, you know, our we're called to guard our hearts. And that doesn't mean that you wall your heart off, it's that you set appropriate boundaries Like that doesn't feel good or I'm going to I am going to request that that behavior changes. And if it does not change, then I will walk away during that time, not walk away permanently, but like walk into the other room and create some space um, because that doesn't feel good.
0: No, And this is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's hard when we're when we so want our marriage to be at a different place and we're kind of waiting on our spouse to to figure some things out it, mm-hmm. it's so hard and, and that's why Erin and I are saying in all of our years all of our experience working with couples even you know what we experience in our own marriage Jamie the the real battle is going to be to keep your heart open mm-hmm. And, and the more you think about, boy, what am I doing today to make sure that my heart is open, that my heart is well cared for? So like Aaron is saying, sometimes that's going to require a boundary being mm-hmm. put in place.
1: And this does not, just to add on, apply to abuse in yeah. marriage. If there is abuse in your marriage This does not apply. That is when you get help and you go to a safe place, get to a safe place. So this is if your marriage is in crisis and you are struggling in your marriage and stuck in a a difficult season and pattern then this applies to that, but not if there's abuse in the marriage.
0: Yeah, and we we have a whole podcast episode really mm-hmm. on understanding abuse and what does that look like and mm-hmm. what do I need to do. So we encourage you to to listen to that as well. You know, keep showing up in a way that you believe God is calling you to be. So you think about, you know, here's who I want to be. I want to be loving. I want to be grace-filled. You know, I want to be able to to offer forgiveness and to be kind, to serve, to have compassion. So Jamie, just think about, pray through, you know, how does God want me really to, to show up in this season?
1: And who can be on my team, on my support team, yeah. godly girlfriends that can stand with you, pray with you, walk with you in those moments when you're like, I can't do this. They can stand side by side with you and support you. Well, thanks to Jamie for your question and look out for your copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us, please contact us. Go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click on the button on the side of our show page to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. We hope that we were able to help you understand what sacrificial love can look like in your marriage.
0: Be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong, satisfying marriage. We also want to help you grow spiritually, both as individuals and together, so that you can invest in other couples to help them build a thriving
1: marriage. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you again next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.